You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, May 14th, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. We are just a minute away from being joined by Steve Wiltfong, Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Some house cleaning to take care of. If you have not yet given us a five-star review on iTunes, a lot of you have done that and we appreciate it. Please go over now and do so. There is a link in the first message board post below or you can do it right within your podcast app. Please leave us a five-star review and a question or a comment. If you leave a question on there, we will definitely answer it on the BM5. We are locked in a battle with Michigan and Penn State to see which site can get the most five-star reviews. I'm not quite sure why they're so important, but they're vital. Please, if you have not done so, go now and give us a five-star review and leave a comment or a question. You don't even need to stop the podcast. While you're at it, this is also the time to sign up for our new feature, Text Alerts for Breaking News. Had you been signed up yesterday, you would know Ohio State has its first member of the class of 2022 in basketball, sharpshooting Bowen Hardman from the Cincinnati area, Princeton High School. Get signed up now. Give us a five-star review. Sign up for Text Alerts. Whew. Steve, how goes it? Good morning, Daniel. Going great, man. We're raining here in Indianapolis area, sending this wet weather down I-72 Dayton on to Columbus, but I'm in good spirits despite Mother Nature raining. Let's take a national story right off the top. I don't want to ambush you here, but what do you make of the extension of the dead period for recruiting and how will that affect the national scene, the local scene, recruiting in general? Oh, man, Daniel. Uh, we could do a, a six-hour podcast on what I truly think of it, but schools will adjust. I, I mean, prospects are going to make decisions here, um, conducive to their timeline, uh, of mo- many of them wanting to do it before their senior year. And then we'll see what happens if and when they're allowed to get back on the road later in the process before it's time to put pen to paper. Yeah, I did, but, but then there's guys like Jagger Burton who want to decide in August, but uh, want to get his trips in, so maybe he'll push it later. The, obviously, we're seeing more kids commit at a, a higher rate than we have in the past. I, I'm just speculating. This is, you know, foreign territory for us all. Co- colleges are doing the best they can under the circumstances, and, and, and so are prospects. And we'll see what July brings us. Whatever the process has been thus far, Ohio State has kicked some serious tail on the trail. They have the number one recruiting class. And there was a ton of chatter about them making a run at epic levels. You did a great story about it earlier in the week. Can you just bring us up to speed on what you wrote, what you found out, and kind of how you feel about Ohio State's quest to be the number one recruiting class? Yeah, so once a month I'll be penning a story for 24-7 sports, the race for number one. And obviously that the lead is Ohio State. Um, you know, they're, they're not only trying to finish number one, uh, but they're also uh, potentially uh, 
in the mix to reel in a, a Florida class that on paper coming in back in 2010 was our, our number one ranked recruiting class of all time. Now, I understand for those of you listening the that are, are maybe thinking that doesn't define the number one class. I, I agree that you don't truly know if it's the number one class until two, three years uh, they're on campus, which I believe Mark Pantone has said in several interviews as well. But so you so you look at the Ohio State class that I had Bosa and Ezekiel Elliott and, and Eli Apple and, and Deron Lee and all those guys. That's that ended up being the best recruiting class in hindsight. Um, but but this Ohio State class on paper coming in has a chance to be the best uh, on paper. But the stat I'm really looking at is average ranking per commit. And Ohio State's uh, 2017 class uh, is pound for pound been our highest rated recruiting class in 24-7 sports history with Chase Young and Jeff Okuda and J.K. Dobbins and a lot of those guys uh, were, were in that class. That was a 94.59 average ranking per commit. Right now, Ohio State's sitting at 95.33. Clemson's at 95.40. Uh, so uh the bang for the buck uh the the amount of talent that these two schools are recruiting right now is off the charts uh ohio state's going to recruit a bigger class which puts them in position to really track down florida if ohio state lands jt tuamaloa emeka Egbuka, jc latham taiwan malone and hudson wolf you put those names in the 24 7 sports class calculator and it'll put them just a little under two points behind that Florida score and Ohio State will take two more guys after that. So um, the, the, the ducks are lining up for Ohio State to sign the best recruiting class in 24 seven sports history. Um, but there's still some doubt on what some of these guys are going to do, or, or maybe these guys, maybe Ohio State leads for a guy right now and they don't land them later. Um, so, so we'll see how it shakes out. But right now, the smart money is for Ohio State to finish with the number one recruiting class in the country, and that's what my article says. You mentioned the other schools that have a chance to catch them. Clemson is in there. Georgia is in there. Alabama, the standards. Tennessee is making a little bit of a run. It would take, wouldn't you agree, kind of some unusual stuff to happen, given the fact that Ohio State does have a considerable lead yeah, I mean, Ohio State's class right now would have finished fifth last year, a shade above their 2020 class that was tops in the Big Ten, which was pretty damn good. So, to, and, and that's with six, seven more spots uh, still to go this cycle. But what if JT and Emeka decide to stay in state, or JC Latham picks LSU, or Taiwan Malone decides to go to Texas A&M and play football and baseball there, or Hudson Wolf goes to Alabama instead of Ohio State. I mean, these guys are all guys that we think Ohio State's leading for now, but none of them have committed. So there is a chance that they go elsewhere. And with that, Georgia and LSU and, and, and those schools are in the mix for some big time guys as well. Now you could easily say, what if they don't land those guys? Sure. Absolutely. So again, the, the smart money is on Ohio state, but I wouldn't say that it would like take something bizarre for them not to finish number one. We're going to take a quick break, come back and do Q and a with Wilt Fong. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are back. I want to thank those of you who put questions on the front row and the Q&A thread. Dave Biddle and I are going to start doing this before every show. The night before, there'll be a thread posted, and then we'll try and do a Q&A at each show and make sure the users are driving the show consistently. Now, we don't have time to get to them all. We will table some. But here we go, rapid fire. We've already kind of covered this. The first question from PS3 Brandon, which got up there quickly. What are the chances Ohio State lands all three of JT, Emeka, and JC Latham? I think you've made that pretty clear. They are the favorites for all three. I would be surprised if they don't get them, but coronavirus. Steve, how does Jack Sawyer compare to the Boser brothers in terms of high school and upside? Knowing everything we know about the Bosas in hindsight, right? Those guys are relentless, gifted athletic football players, really generational, and I don't really throw that word around. So so in hindsight, I I actually think we should have ranked Zach Harrison higher because of just how physically gifted he is. He was raw coming out of high school. But these are things that we're learning as we continue to go through our process and, and critique ourselves. Zach Harrison is like a is a is a freak, an absolute freak on the edge athletically. Now what that turns into over the next two years, because I can't imagine he needs more than that. Jack Sawyer, I don't you know, um obviously we love him. You know, he's a top ten prospect. He's number four right now in, in the top two four seven and see him throwing it down on the hardwood and I guess I just don't know as much about him as as I do Bosa and Zach to like say that he's on par with those guys right now. But hopefully over the next year, we'll be able to see more from Jack, whether that's with a great senior year and then in an all-star setting to kind of give a better answer, if that makes sense. The name Bosa to defensive end is like saying Manning to quarterback. That's not hyperbole. Yeah, the Boses were 45 pounds bigger. Like, I go back and look at Nick Bosa's high school profile, 6'4", 265. And right now we have Jack, 6'5", 220. You know, it's they're going to walk in the door and see Mickey Marotti. And maybe, I don't know what Sawyer weighs today. But I just have a feeling like Jack Sawyer, when he walks in the building for the first time to work with Mickey Marotti, his body's going to look different than Nick Bosa's. And that's not a bad thing or anything. I'm just... I mean, Nick Bosa walked in 265 pounds already. The Bosas were put on this earth to play defensive end. Their dad had them trained to do that since birth, literally. So if Jack Sawyer's a tad bit behind, it's understandable. But if you were going to ask me who looks most like the Bosas that I've seen in high school, he'd be up there too. But like you said, listen, the standard for defensive end around here has gotten to the point where you're the first defensive player picked in the draft or you're not as good. Chase Young, Joey Bosa, and Nick Bosa are all going to be on their second contract around the same time. Don't be surprised if they're the three highest paid defensive ends in the league at some point. I can't wait to see Zach Harrison in the combine. I mean, it's going to be glorious. Like he would, I would think he'll have a shot to set some combine records, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but he, he had three and a half sacks and, and five tackles for loss. Those, those numbers will at least double this year. It's not triple. Yeah. 
What do you think about the idea that some insiders, possibly in the Norman, Oklahoma area, have said that a large number of Ohio State's commits will flip if and when Oklahoma gets a commitment from Washington, D.C. native quarterback Caleb Williams? I mean, who's he alluding to? Like Travion Henderson? Is that one that he's alluding to? Because I couldn't even like look at. So Travion Henderson's like the only one I look at on this list that Oklahoma was in the mix for. I guess maybe they were in it for Donovan Jackson. I don't even know like really, really where to begin. Tanizi they were as well as I kind of scroll on seeing more names. Um, I haven't heard anything. Everybody's going to have to, everybody that's, when, when when prospects are able to hit the road again, every school is going to have to deal with the prospect wanting to take more visits that didn't the first time around. How many each school will vary, um, but I would imagine that there was some. I mean, Ohio State has 18 commits. I would imagine that one of the 18 will approach and say, "Hey, I want to take visits." Who I couldn't speculate, and maybe they won't. I'm just just speaking what I know about recruiting in general, you know, and, and, and just odds, the odds. I haven't heard anything about anybody not being solid, though. Let's finish with this one here. You mentioned that Taiwan Malone has the potential to be one of the best defensive linemen in football. Do you think he'll get a bump in the next rankings update? Do you like his current ranking outside the top 100? And how do you like the Buckeyes? So let's finish it off with your vibes on Taiwan Malone as a player, his future, and where he might end up. So I think our staff, as a whole, collectively, when all the opinions are on the table, like Taiwan's going to kind of stay status quo in our rankings. Uh, we like him. He's top five, six at his position uh, nationally. And uh, from there, it's just where do you, how much do you value the position from a draft standpoint? But I mean, we certainly value Taiwan Malone amongst his position and think he's one of the best defensive tackles in the country. And I mean, he's interesting. You know, he had a four-seven-five shuttle going into his 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 junior year. I mean, he is he can he can move for being over 300 pounds or or being in that range. And then he's obviously a gifted athlete. Um, and, and and one thing we all know about baseball that hand-eye coordination and all that too. And I just think he's got some elements to his game that uh, make him unique. Uh, and, and then he's extremely competitive. I, I, I think he's going to be a, a major factor for whoever he signs uh, as a, as a three-year starter. And, and then, you know, obviously hear his name called in the NFL draft. I haven't crystal balled Ohio state. I, I would say that if I had, if, if today was signing day, I would crystal ball Ohio state. I think that they have the slight edge. So maybe, maybe I should. I always, I always say my crystal ball is what I think the current pulse is, but I do think it's close. Like I do think Ole Miss is very much in it. And I do think Texas A&M is very much in it. And I think we've talked about it on this show before. Uh, Larry Johnson is an excellent recruiter and, and, and uh, you could easily make the argument he's the best defensive line coach in, in college football. Um, but, you know, Chris Partridge at Ole Miss and Elijah Robinson at Texas A&M are both excellent recruiters. Also, and, and when you start talking about the baseball football package together, you know, those schools have, have something really good to sell uh, for Taiwan Malone also. So I, I think that recruitment's tight. I don't think it's close to being over. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. But gun to head, uh, I, I, I think Ohio State is probably the leader right now.
If any of you heard that bark, that was my puppy Bradley in support of the crystal ball pick earlier in Steve's response. We appreciate him stopping by. Once again, people, please go leave us a five-star review on iTunes and make sure you are signed up for breaking news text alerts. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Take care, y'all. See you up front row. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.